People deluded, I'm back again. I hope you're all doing well and safe. A good morning to those of you in the UK. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and in some cases, good night, according to whatever time zone you guys live in. Welcome back to another edition of the Deluded Podcast, the DG Podcast, the Really and Truly Podcast. As I keep saying, and I've probably said it every episode since it started, there's a new name that people refer to it as. Just as long as you're subscribed on Spotify, on Apple, you know, big up to the YouTube gang listening to this as well delayed you know shout out to my early birds spotify and that you look at it a few minutes or hours for before and then obviously i gotta process it for youtube because them man they are lazy but if you're tuned in on youtube i appreciate you being locked in please make sure you're subscribed you're hitting like buttons you're checking out the engagements also please make sure you follow me on twitch better than all of that people you know it's tuesday i hope you've all had a good start to the week yesterday i hope you've all woken up today aggressively ready to you know hit your goals hopes dreams and aspirations if we're not trying to better ourselves better our lives um glow up in in, in some sort of stage whether that's physically mentally financially etc etc there's no point living and you know i pride myself on having a good community here you know 38,000 30, almost 39,000 or is it even 39,000 it might even be 39,000 on youtube now we all talk sense but fundamentally it's about growing it doesn't matter how old or young you are what stage of life you're at what sort of commitments you have you know if we're not trying to simply be better than we was yesterday then what's the point of things people really and truly damn right i hope arsenal try that as well um obviously i went to the game on sunday i've offered my opinions you know it, it was like i'd never i never went i'd never left sorry in that one or two promising moments the reality of our shoddy defending and you lot know in it like the game against chelsea was a microcosm of last season you know some fight some positives ultimately it's a 90 minute game and there's no point saying if we didn't concede this if we couldn't didn't concede that we can only deal with the facts and for me I'm not going to read too much into Arsenal losing in pre-season to Chelsea same way I'm not going to cry too much about if we didn't beat Rangers and Hibernian and all of these sort of things but for me every game paints a picture and I haven't seen us look significantly better I haven't seen us look like we've got a system I, I again I'm not asked I don't think in a matter of weeks you're going to change us defensively and switch on. But I mean, for me, it's the mentality. No one seems to talk. No one, especially from set-piece scenarios, like earlier in pre-season, or the, the amount of sheer counter-attacks Chelsea were afforded and the amount of times players were left isolated 1v1. It just really childish really it's almost like watching an under 13s game and things like that like you really can't believe certain people are professional footballers and this is a collective unit as i said there were a couple positives and things there was a bit more grit and determination but ultimately as i said in short that game was a microcosm of arsenal last season so if you was following the premier league and following arsenal you know that was our game because we've played exactly how we did against Chelsea. Them same things happening. We've won. Obviously, the same things happen and we've lost and we've drawn. You know, just ultimately very reactive. But saying that, as I said, I think we showed a bit more fight and stuff. But it doesn't matter, in it? It's a results business. You don't get the results. It, it is what it is. And as I said, you know, it's pre-season on one hand. But, you know, our season isn't the isn't the easiest of starts. We've got, you know, the Brentford City, Chelsea off the top of my head. The real run to the start, you know, to the to the start of this thing, really. So we'll have to see how that one there develops, people. I hope you're all well and safe. There isn't too much in, in, in relation to the footballing world. You know, obviously Harry Kane hasn't turned up for training. He's probably told them I'm not a bat, you know. Um, and there's a couple other things, bits and pieces. You know, I want to speak about Tyrone Mings in a sec. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, let's just get into it. You know, we'll cover some transfers and things like that. One sec, people, it's getting quite hot and I need to take off this hoodie. 
obviously I'm still here. Sorry if the sound is sounding a bit mess. I'm not t talking directly into the mic at the distance I typically am historically, but I'm back now. So yeah, obviously there it's a slow news day really. There's nothing really uh to speak about really, but let's start with the first one really and truly, man. Let's start with you know, Harry Kane, as I said, as you lot know, allegedly Harry Kane didn't turn up for training. It's well, it's well documented. The man wants to, you know, the man wants to move in it. And something, something has to give people, something has to give. It has to get a bit ugly because Levy is, is going to play hardball. You'd imagine this drags out to the end of the window and there's a lot for everyone to consider. The longer this drags out, how long before City consider, okay, cool, we want Harry Kane, but we might have to consider other targets, you know. How long until Daniel Levy has to bite the bullet and say, Do you know what, this man is going, now let's get the best deal financially and look for some replacements. How bad does Harry Kane want it? Because you can't have everything. I don't think fans can be grudging for leaving. You know, he's, you know, he's 28, 29 or whatever, and he hasn't got anything to show for it in terms of team honours. Individual honours, you know, he's got a golden boot at the World Cup. He's won it in the Prem, but it's not correlating, you know, obviously... I personally feel the personal achievements, as in like the ones you like top goal scorer, most clean sheets, them things there. I'm not a professional footballer, but I would imagine not that you're not going to deep winning group honours, but I think you'll have more of an appreciation of the top goal scorer and these things when you call it a day, really and truly. Obviously, right now, it probably does help. As a striker, it helps your ego. You want to be the top gunman, you know. It's like a goalkeeper. You want to have the clean sheets. Or a defender, you want equivalent honours. Or if you're a playmaker, you want the most assists. And I believe it keeps you hungry. It keeps you going. It gives you something, in it On top of whatever your league, your, the team is trying to achieve in the league. But I think you deep them more. The same, obviously, goes for group honours but you can't help but feel you know he's seeing players at Spurs come here you know win stuff at previous clubs he's obviously seeing people move away and I must say you know I'm you don't have this doesn't happen overnight you know this has been coming Harry Kane has been shaping up to leave you know I'm sure he would have loved to have you know Spurs challenging for titles and things I'm happy that's not the case for what it's worth but it's been coming in it? it's been coming for a number of years and this is it now you know Spurs is it, 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 it needs a rebuild and it, and it's all good, you know, he's even of the right age and I think the way Harry Kane plays, you know, his career is going to be prolonged, he's going to be like them Kevin Phillips strikers that are always about, um, if that's what he wants. But Spurs need a rebuild, you know, typically we say it's three or four years and with Nuno, they might do it. That's good for the club, that's good for the fans. How, how old is, pardon me, how old is Harry Kane at 20, I mean, in three years, you know? Is the game going to pass him? Because he might not still be the same Harry Kane. And then Spurs might say, rightly so, if he's not the same Harry Kane and he's struggling and he's and he's decreased and, de and, and declined, we need another striker. Which, obviously, the fans will hail him up, give him his props. He'll probably be a member of the squad. But, you know, he'll be thinking, what if? What could I have done in my prime? So, this is probably what he wants to do. And, obviously, he spent a long time at the Euros, In it? He's spoke to a bunch of City players. He's probably spoke to Grealish about his expected move also from Villa to City. He's probably spoken at lengths with Kyle Walker more so than he does already. He had Bale for a year to speak. You know, Bale, who's been in this situation of leaving Spurs in sort of one another honours. He needs to do it, in it? This man should be playing Champions League football. He should be in a team that can competitively challenge. You know, we've spoken about how much he, how good he would look in a City team. But it's how bad does he want it? Because, you know, for a while it did feel like, yeah, he wants to leave. But 
he ain't gonna leave. Now he's really trying to force it out. Levy's got a problem because you know, again, Levy's a hard businessman to deal with. For me, this will drag out. Spurs will get a good deal, and they might even look to buy a replacement before they get it done. But I would say Levy needs to bite the bullet, accept it, and the quicker you get this done, the quicker Spurs can move on and look for some other replacements. Obviously, there's talk of swap deals, and if I was a Spurs fan, you know, Sterling, Laporte, Bernardo Silva, Gab Jesus, all of these are good names. You know, these are good names that Mares to be involved in deals but you have to assume any of these players want to sign for Spurs because you'd imagine they'd all be short you know I'd imagine if they're not short of offers in Europe then they'll probably just stay put at City why would you want to go there in your prime the same logic Kane is escaping um so yeah obviously I think Kane for what it's worth he's going to return to training because you know he's going to have to you know is you're going to have to City are probably going to ask you to as well because it's going to make negotiations harder these things will antagonize and for Kane it doesn't make sense whether you're going to be at Spurs or not you're not a Manchester City player right now so you know do your training drills keep ticking over ensure that you know you 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 go to City in in some sort of top physical conditions not 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 training doesn't help you of course you know missing you know there was even rumors he's quarantining and things to, to miss training so i don't want to speculate but again it has to get ugly he needs to make it abundantly clear if he hasn't already and i do you know it is it is quite a privilege because you know if harry kane was paul pogba before a european european tournament with your country you're giving interviews about leaving first day back you're not turning back you know the, the FBI and all them people would have been out for Pogba. Pogba would have probably got hit with a racketeering case or something if 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 it was him. So it is quite privileged that nobody has questioned Harry Kane's professionalism or anything like that. And I'm not saying you should, because for what it's worth, I believe he's the model professional. I just find it very strange with the media and things. And, you know, they'll paint to stuff. I guess this isn't like Harry Kane. There must be some legitness, legit to it, you know, as they do. Um, so we'll have to see, man. As you lot know, he was due to report at Tottenham's training ground on Monday after having a three-week break after the Euros. Um, and he, you know, it's all it's known that he wants to leave. He's been there since 11 years of age. Apparently, Kane believes he has a gentleman's agreement with Levy, allowing him to leave if Tottenham receive a suitable offer. But the chairman feels he is entitled to hold firm, insisting that the England captain is not for sale. Kane's barely halfway through a six-year deal. He feels he has to do something drastic to break the stalemate. And that's true. You know, the, the player has to do his part. It's the same It's the same. like if Xhaka was going to leave to Roma. Clearly, Xhaka didn't do his part to force Arsenal to accept a lower fee or Grealish to Villa. At some point, something is Chilwell to Leicester and other examples. Even Declan Rice, if he wants to leave West Ham, something has to give. You need to... Give your other, make it a bit easier for your prospective new employers. You've signalled your intention to leave. Now it's probably time to go on the aggressive. Maybe not so much, you know, skipping training, but go on the uh, uh, the aggressive. You got to make Levy feel, regardless of the ability, it is more detrimental to Spurs in the dressing room and to him keeping you. Then you, I mean, selling you, then keeping you. Because, I mean, there's no logical reason to sell Harry Kane, you know. He's tied down to a six-year deal, somewhat like Zaha and things like that. That new contract isn't going to help you. He does make Kane stronger. He is one of the best players, strikers in the world slash league. It doesn't help them, you know. They are punching because they're not even in, well, we're not in Europe. They're in Europe, some phony competition. And Kane's in there. He, I can't imagine he wants to spend his prime years there. You know, it must be quite crazy. Um, gentleman's agreement. It's all good until, you know, people don't want to be gentlemen. And Levy strikes me as someone that, you know, doesn't really matter what you have to say. He'll do what he thinks is best, really. Um Apparently, if Kane gets to move, he will come to look back at his time as, as a means to an end. It is a means to an end, man. 
it is fully a, a fully a means to an end. He's got to do it, and obviously his agents got to got to play got to play his part, people. Really and truly, um, and to be fair with you, obviously this is probably gonna quote unquote put a stain on his relationship with 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 Spurs. But at the same time, you can't have it all. You can't, you know, you need to do what's good for you on your deathbed or when you're a grandpa. Do you want to look back and tell your you tell everyone I had a great relationship with the club or I won trophies? And as I said, you know, it's of neutral mutual benefit. You know, they love you because you're a good player and you're doing your thing. They'll still love you when you're 35 or or whatever. But you're not gonna be as vital. Look at Abamian. Abamian, it's not the same. But Abamian signed the new deal, stayed. Everyone begged him. He's not doing the business now. Everybody's everyone's onto him. And I'm not saying that's wrong. It's a results business. But at the same time, you know. You chose to say you don't owe no one nothing, and the fans don't owe you. He needs to do what's best for him. You know, players come and go. You know, once he retires, no one's gonna care. Yeah, Kane might get a little lounge at Spurs provided he stays and all of those things, and people hail him out. But nobody cares once he retires. So you need to always believe players gotta do what they gotta do. And as an Arsenal fan, definitely as a Spurs fan, them man, they know that because Berbatov did this. But as an Arsenal fan. Seeing players leave, you know, more so much the early stage of the Emirates, you know, the Nazris, the Omris, all the, all these sort of guys, it makes sense. They got one life to live, people. It's as, it's as simple as that, really. So yeah, we all know Kane makes them Kane makes them stronger and all of these sort of things. And as I said, he will have to return. But this is a signal of intent that I don't want to be here. He might miss a couple more days and then he'll be back into training. And then you can imagine Sky Sports and them things there. They'll make a whole big frenzy of it and things like that. Apparently, he's running out of patience with Tottenham's continued inability to win silverware and wanted to leave if the club failed to secure Champions League football, which there you have it, people. It's absolutely appalling. As you not know, allegedly in June, City made an offer of um, 100 million plus a player, but um, Spurs is valued at 150 million people for what it, for what it's worth. Um you know, it's just trophies. And I think that's something you could see with Sirs. It's just trophies, you know. He's clearly happy at the club. He clearly believes in it. He would love to have his cake and eat it and that Spurs do their thing and he and he wins trophies. But that's not always how the cookie the cookie crumbles in life, really and truly. That's just not the way the way it goes. Like you can't have it both. You can't have both of it, people. And you know, we'll we'll I wonder, will City really get Kane and Grealish? Or is somebody gonna stay or something's gonna happen? You know, because for me I know this Clearly, these are City's top two targets. And there must be some encouragement that this deal can happen with Kane doing his part, with City doing their part, etc., etc. But at the end of the day, Daniel Levy's a notoriously tough businessman. The longer this drags on, Spurs got to get a replacement. You know, City got to start to think of other targets. So this is why Kane can't do things half-heartedly. You know, yeah, you could this if you stay at Spurs, this will get brushed under the carpet. But you can't, if you really want it, you need to double down on it and and do what you can. You know, and he's going to be fined. As I said, he's going to be fined for not turning up to training, allegedly, people. Um, so it is what it is. Keeping up with that theme, though, and Jack Grealish, as you lot saw, you know, Jack Grealish has returned to Aston Villa training, keep, keeping ticking over as it looks like his move to Manchester City will be completed. You know, I was seeing videos of Villa fans, you know, grown men begging Jack Grealish to stay. Actually, the kids were asking better questions. They're asking him about his headband and his boots and stuff. You know, grown men should not be begging another grown man to stay at your club. I know Grealish is an amazing footballer. I know Villa are punching. I know you're probably not going to replace him significantly until the next Grealish pops around. But come on now. 
Aston Villa is a big club. It was there before Grealish. It's going to be there after Grealish. Respect yourself. And this is someone who's seen Thierry on leave and all of these guys. You have to respect yourself. No one is bigger than the club. You know, Grealish is your talisman. Grealish is, for me, he's really, you know, getting into his real prime because Villa fans knew it. People listening knew it. But Grealish has been a baller. I only think in the last year, 18 months, people really understand my man's a baller. Like, it's cool to call him a baller. Before that, a couple sections of the wider footballing world would have been like, ah, I don't know about Grealish, you know. Now everyone can deep it. And for me, him going to City is ridiculous. There's talk of him playing as an eight. I've always said 4-3-3. Three, three. I think he can play in a, in a flat midfield three. Obviously, he can play in a 10 or in a midfield where he's got the most freedom and he can start on the left. And naturally, whether he's on the left or not, he gravitates towards that left-hand channel. He's a fantastic player for Manchester City. He can play in an 8, can play in a 10, you know, can play on the flanks. For me, you know, ballers play good with other ballers. He'll link up well with Kevin De Bruyne, Foden, you know, Sterling, the rest of them. You know, I think he... He'll, he'll pull his weight, but I think you'll see an even better Grealish because it's not just down to him sort of thing now with respect to his Villa teammates. So I think it's a fantastic signing. It's not even I think, I know it, and you lot know it as well. It's a fantastic uh, deal. Is 100 million in today's day and age excessive for any player? Potentially, yeah, but I mean, you've seen worse. I've seen 50 for Guilford Sigurdsson, and that's probably even more costly for Everton after the madness he's been on, you know. But for what it's worth, Jack Grealish has returned to training with Aston Villa after a £100 million bid from Manchester City. Now, there's talk Manchester City have thrown in Morgan Rodgers and or Tommy Doyle. Um, so I'm keen to see what happens there because Morgan Rodgers is a player who's at, you know, where was he at? Was he at Lincoln last year on loan? I'm sure he was at one of them clubs there on loan and did his thing. Tommy Doyle, you know, he comes from Manchester City royalty. You know, he's got family members that played for City. I'm sure he's not going to want to leave, but there could be a pathway there for him. You know, and it's obviously an L in it because Villa went from Smith Rowe trying to buy Smith Rowe, keeping Grealish to play with Brendia, till it now looks like you're not getting Smith Rowe because he signed the deal. Grealish is going, and you've got to build around Brendia and bring in a couple of replacements. Such is life, you know, Kane and Grealish. It's like, you know, obviously, if, if Grealish leaves, they're going to buy another creative player. If Spurs, if Kane leaves, Spurs are going to sign another striker. But these are them sort of players you probably buy two, three. Sorry, people, it's raining. It's putting me off. Oh, my clothes are outside, people. This is a mad L. Sorry for that, folks. We carry on anyways. Um, <laughs> Don't leave your stuff dry. I get dried outside, man. But um, like I said, these sort of players, you're probably going to end up buying two, maybe three players to, to, to kind of share the burden and the workload and, and, and give him, you know, there might be someone who can score. They bring in someone who can score goals, someone who can create and someone who's adaptable, which, you know, we just spoke about Greeley. She's got a bit of that all. Um, Sort, sort of thing, people. So it, it is what it is in that regards. So as I was saying, folks, I'm sorry, I can't lie. I'm throwing off a bit because I paused it. I, I don't like to lie to you lot. This is real life that we're living, man. It's early in the morning. I'm doing the podcast, people. I'm hearing rain and I'm remembering my washing is outside. So I've darted. I've, I've sprang down that left-hand channel like when Kieran Tini has the ball and Aubameyang's made that run and gone and got my stuff just before they've got proper wet. But um, as I was saying, sorry, you know, they're going to probably look to buy two, three. And for me, again, I'm no transfer expert and things. And listen, if I'm Villa, I'm making, I'm making, I'm, if I'm Villa or Spurs, I'm going to make it ridiculously hard for this deal to happen within reason. Obviously, 
you have to respect the players' wishes and I think it's been a long time coming. Like I think it's a cleaner break with Jack Grealish and Villa than Spurs and 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 City. There's similarities I think Spurs fans will understand, you know. You can't sit here and say I've heard Spurs fans say he's one of the best or the best striker in the world. So why would he not want to play or why shouldn't he be at one of the best or the best team in the world, for argument's sake? It don't make sense. It don't correlate. For Villa, they've been punching, keeping him, you know. For me, at 25, to know that Grealish is not a... By my, my man is not a Champions League player because he's not playing in it. I think it's upsetting. I want to see Grealish playing that, you know. All those, not to get at Foden, but all the talk about Foden being the poster boy for the Euros and things, despite being marginalised by Gareth Southgate, Grealish was one of the best players for England at the Euros. If you're real with yourself, you know. He wore number seven and that, and he's and, and for me, he's 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 in his prime now. Like he's he's always been a good player. And and like I said, he's finally getting his plaudits. But you can see a different sort of great Grealish, like the technical quality is there, but the IQ, the you know, the intelligence, it's just really gone up a level and it's gonna get better. So it would be bittersweet if I was Aston Villa to see him go within those those sort of circumstances. But for me, if you, I am of the belief, like, you, you know what, just bite the bullet. If you play hardball, you know, you can do the Leicester thing. Play hardball, you pay the money, we get our replacements. And Spurs should have, you know, again, I very much, for it to come out public in both of these scenarios, I'm pretty sure indirectly, whether agents or face-to-face, -face, they knew come this season, end the last season, sorry, this might be the last of both players at either club. So they've had time to probably look for a replacement. So for me, it's just about getting the best deal. For me, getting the deal done quickly so we can just move on and, you know, Grealish in, uh, in relation to Villa and Grealish and Kane with Spurs, that's the end of the drama. You know, we you can do your thing. We can bring someone else in. We can address other areas of our side. We can get a replacement because if I have a striker and Spurs try to buy him and I hear you just signed, sold a striker for a hundred odd million, I'm going to say, listen, he's rated at 50. You got to pay 60. I know you're desperate. If you don't want it, F off. And the long and obviously that's easy to, it's easy to say, all right, cool, forget you in the first week of August. But on deadline day, when there's no striker in that squad, boy, boy, because Spurs need a rebuild already. I'm sure Villa, you know, it probably sets Villa back. You hear they're trying to buy Ward Prowse and do all of these sort of things. But where Grealish is concerned, people, apparently he's returned to training, you know, apparently, you know, do, doing his thing. As you lot know, Manchester City are keen to sign Grealish this summer and apparently... Um, there are 100 million bids submitted on Fridays, expected to be some, um, accepted by Aston Villa. Aston Villa, however, are yet to formally respond to City's offer, but it is understood they are willing to let Grealish leave for the Premier League champions. Um, Grealish will now have to decide whether he wants to leave his boyhood club in a move that would represent the biggest transfer in English football history. It's a chance to be part of history, man. You know, you could tell your grandkids you were part of that. And for me, you know, there's everything with being a one club man, with being Mr Villa, you know. There's everything with that. If you feel comfortable, you know, he's a Brom lad, you know, if you feel comfortable, there's every reason to stay. But if there is a little thought in your head of what if, take it because you don't, you know, it can be what if at 25. It's very difficult at 35. You don't want to have a lifetime full of regrets or too many regrets, you know. If the move doesn't work out, it's only football. It just didn't work out, you know, but you'll never know. So we'll have to see. Allegedly, Villa did try and offer, you know, did, did try and offer Grealish a new deal, despite him obviously signing a new five-year deal last September. So yeah, man, I think it'll be very, it'll be very a very good signing for for both signings, provided they do happen in in Chelsea in 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 City's case. In relation to Chelsea, 
we kept saying how long before they go for L- L- Romelu Lukaku. Apparently, Inter reject Chelsea's 85-plus Alonso bid for Lukaku. Chelsea in talks about reacquiring Lukaku, but have not reached Inter's valuation 85 offer, which included Marcos Alondo- Alonso. Um, apparently, the offer came after the Premier League club were warned it would take an offer of more than 100 million euros, 85 million, to tempt the Italian champions to sell Lukaku. And I think Chelsea are going to get in trouble with Lukaku in the sense of they need a goal scorer. They just need someone that can tap it in. You know, you Chelsea beat us 2 1 on Sunday. They should have won about 5 1. You know, Werner is, is comedic. You know, I actually feel Werner does all the other facets of the game well. He just can't finish. Tammy Abraham, you know, I think he is a goal scorer, but again, I don't think Tom um, Thomas Tuchel believes in him and I don't think he has enough about him within that striking role to be, you know, Thomas Tuchel's guy. And I think Lukaku, at the end of the day, they need someone who can score goals and put the foot, put a foot ball in the back of the net. You know, I don't know if, if Havertz as a false nine is sustainable. Um, and I know Lukaku's general plays improve, but I do think if they sign him in the next year or two, they'll say, you know, he needs someone that's got a bit more to them in terms of general play. But I do think Lukaku's improved in that regard since he's gone to Italy after his spell at United. As we know, Inter are broke and things like that. Apparently, Lukaku is very happy to set, settle that intern, ready to give it his all this season. He did have a good Euros, you know, And I, but I'm sure Chelsea could entice him. You know, he's a boyhood Chelsea fan, allegedly, Mr. You know, he loved Jogba. He feels like there's unfinished business at Chelsea anyways. To be fair, he was close to joining Chelsea, um, rejoining Chelsea from Everton and opted for United um, a couple of years ago. So we'll have to see, man. But it will take a big, big offer. And Chelsea need a striker, really. It's as simple as that. They need a striker. Maybe that's why Tammy hasn't even gone and that young Borgia guy hasn't been let go as well. But they need a striker. To say they need a striker is, is, is an understatement, really and truly. They need a forward who can score, really and truly. Um, away from that, though, away from what Chelsea's doing, um, I'm sure you've all seen the signing of team of Timo Liverento, you know, the young... The young fullback, 18 slash 19 years of age, despite never making a competitive appearance for um, for Chelsea, has signed for £5 million pounds f- um, f- to Southampton. Now, for me, that's a good deal. And Chelsea have a sell-on clause and a buyback clause. So, on the surface, that's a very good deal from Chelsea. I'm not going to sit here and lie. Let's be real. I know, and again, Chelsea fans know, you're seeing a lot of young players leave. You know, I, there was a facade that was sold. Chelsea fans sold themselves the dream that Cobham was going to start having an open pathway to the first team. That was the transfer ban. I still think it can happen, but I, I don't, you know, Chelsea fans have to be prepared rightly or wrongly. A couple are not going to get a, a sniff and go, and go off and do better things. It's not sustainable. You can't have Chelsea winning the Champions League, challenging for the Prem and expecting five, six, seven, players to come through I hear it you know he could have had an opportunity Tomori could have had more of a knock you know Livermento um, signed without a knock I understand it but certain players are got you can't have everybody you can't have five six seven every year certain times there's going to be pathways block like with Tino you had Reese James I know it's frustrating because you could have had Livermento and Lamptey but re- you know people really underestimate in this di- dynamic and I'm not defending Chelsea how lucky you are to have one player at the end of the day I know there was loans but you've got Reese James, Hudson Odoi, Tammy Abraham, Mount. You know whether they make it there or not, they're all part of the first team. Certain players are gonna let leave. You know, of course, Timo, Tino, someone I wanted at Arsenal. I think he's gonna be give him some time because, like I said, he hasn't played a senior appearance. He needs to, you know, adjust and adapt and all of those sort of things. 
but he's a bloody good footballer. I think not before too long, it'll be a good signing for Southampton and they'll make, they stand to make a good profit on him because allegedly the buyback clause is 25 billion. So worst comes to worst, they're going to make 20, assuming he wants to return back to, back to Chelsea, which he's a boyhood fan. He might do one day. Um, ironically, like we spoke about with Lukaku or Paul Pogba with United. I know he's not a boyhood, but you know, allegedly he was an Arsenal fan, but he had his time at United. So on the face of it, I understand it. I understand why people are angry because it just feels like a certain... Sometimes I think it's lazy by Chelsea. A couple of people could get opportunities. Um, you know, you've sold a centre-half and you've bought one for proper big money. You know, Conde is an exception to the rule because I think it can be done. You know, we need to remember Chelsea just won the Champions League. They need to sign proper players with respect. So to get five million for a man that's never played, his contract's running down and a sell-on clause, and a buyback clause from Marina and Chelsea. That's good business. I'd love Arsenal to be able to do that. The man's never played for Chelsea. It's good business. But I think £5 million is going to look cheap. I think they should have done everything they can, which they probably did, to give him a pathway and things. And their loss is Southampton's gain. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have to move too far. You know, Chelsea's catchment area starts going around Portsmouth and Southampton and them sort of sides there at times. That's why they're able to bully up London and all around. Chelsea geographically have a lot to work with on top of having elite scouts and elite coaches. Um, and fundamentally, this is what the academy is meant to do. If this wasn't Chelsea because of the obvious, people would be praising this, you know. Players you can't go through are making money for the team. Gerhi, you know, that's about 15 or so to um, Southampton. You know, there's another lad that from Chelsea that joined Southampton as well. There's probably a couple of other departures to happen. Apparently, I saw some tweet. I don't know if it's true and I don't know how many players have been sold, but Chelsea have made already like 60 million off sales. Altogether, I don't know that because I, I don't know who's someone's got to be sold for something respectable. Who we'll have Chelsea sold like that? Tammy's still on the on the transfer list allegedly as well. Um, so yeah, as you lot know, he's a England under nineteen defender, people, and I think he's gonna be a good signing, people. You know, he he can become a very good player. He's only eighteen. He's going straight into the first team squad. You have to give him some time. Probably gonna start off being second fiddle after buy this time. But I think he'll get his opportunity. A bit like Lamptey, he didn't get straight into the Brighton squad. Had to buy this time and things like that. Um, you know, it is it is what it is. Allegedly, Arsenal, Manchester City, Aston. I don't know why you would go from Chelsea to City, but Arsenal, Man City, Villa, Liverpool, Everton, and Brighton all showed interest, with some making offers. While his talents also caught the attention of RB Leipzig and Monaco. Allegedly, there were times when Southampton doubted they could pull the deal off, and spent three days convincing the Chelsea youngster to join. But Levermento is said to believe in the pathway and thinks he'll get a good shot of playing first team football. You should. Southampton ain't got that much money. Ain't got the biggest squad. You get opportunities when your time comes. And then it's just down to it's just down to him to use it and utilise it and, and run with it, really. Because I think that's what he wants. I can't begrudge him. The one thing with Chelsea, you know, they cried about Lamptey, Levermento came. There'll be a next one. But there's a lot of Chelsea players departing. Even Donny went Brentford. It's going to happen. You can't, you can't have... You know, like a literally at 23s and 18s, like an 18 to 25 man squad, all of ballers and expect that to correlate into the first team. Some are going to fall by the wayside. Some Chelsea are going to get wrong. Some are going to have what ifs and things like that. But that's just the way the cookie crumbles, man. It literally just just is the way the cookie crumbles. But it is what it is. We'll have to see how that one specifically develops, folks. What other, what other things have I got to speak about? What's this? Sorry, folks. Open link. Having to do this all all a different a different sort of way. Oh, that's that's about Grealish. We've spoken about that, ain't we? What's to all of this? I'm not organised, people. Apologies. 
And we'll get into some other stuff as well. Apparently, West Ham believe just 10% chance of signing Lingard. And I think, you know, if West Ham, the dream signings for me, I would say if you could have grabbed Zuma, Abraham um, and Lingard, that would be some good signings. But they'll all come at a cost. It seems like Lingard, he just needed a bit more of a confidence boost. He'll be back in the squad for Manchester United. And it is what it is. Spurs, there's been a lot of talk of outgoings in terms of incomings. Apparently, Spurs remain in talks for, for Atalanta's Romeo. Talks are ongoing. He's one of their primary targets and Spurs are prepared to pay at least £34 million for the 23-year-old people. Pardon me for what it's worth. What, what article is this one now? Apparently, Aston Villa have agreed a deal to sign Leon Bailey from Leverkusen. So happy to have a Jamaican in the Premier League if this is to happen. Apparently, Villa said on Saturday, Aston Villa and Bayern Leverkusen have reached an agreement for the transfer of Leon Bailey, subject to the player completing a medical and finalising personal terms. Now, he's been at the Gold Cup, so I'm not sure of um, time management when is when that is actually going to happen. Allegedly... Um, Man City, Man United and Liverpool were interested in the Jamaican international but were put off by the £40 million price tag. So, I mean, we're going to watch him on a regular basis and see what might have put them off because you would imagine that is that is not... That's pennies, really. I know in this day and age it might not be because of what's going on, but it is what it is. I'm sure you've all seen one player who wants to leave. Apparently, um, Pereira wants to leave Aston, um, West Bromwich Albion. I'm sure you've all seen, you know, the, 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 the Instagram posts and things like that. It was a very honest one. Apparently, Pereira says he feels disrespected at West Brom and has publicly signalled his desire to leave in a fair and correct manner. And I was very... I liked how he was talking about money, people. He was honest with it. He, said, he also said on Sunday... Um, well, Ishmael said on Sunday... Clear he wants to leave and he's not committed to the championship and not committed to us. I mean, it's not that he's not committed. The man wants to leave people. Apparently, in a statement, he said... Apparently, he's had offers from the Middle East as well. I thought he was going. He said, I remained silent and was not going to address anything until after the transfer window, out of respect for the fans and all my teammates. However, after being called not committed with the club, I feel extremely disrespected as a professional. I've been living off football since I was 12 years old. I chose to give up my family time and just ordinary fun to chase after my dream of a better future for myself and those around me. No one has ever seen an interview in which I badmouthed the club or any, anyone associated with the club, even though I wanted to leave by any means. That is because I have character and I respect the club as it opens its door to me when I needed, when I needed and believed in me. Dedication has never lacked. I've always been committed in the last two seasons. It is extreme. It is extremely wrong for anyone to say I am not committed since I train and commit as I normally would and give 100% every single day. I think it's low to try and degrade my, my image and my professionalism in this manner. I don't want to leave the club through the back door. That was never my plan or intention. Quite contrary, to, quite contrary. I wanted to club. I want the club to be adequately rewarded for believing in me and supporting me for two seasons. Three weeks ago, I received an offer that would change my life and my family's life forever. I came from humble beginnings, slowly but surely. I've been building myself up and achieving things with a lot of work and dedication. Now, people can say you're just about money and whatever. Man, are from Brazil. Life is not, you know, big up Brazil, but life is not. Life is not sunshine and rainbows and ice cream is tough and when you've got a skill that can take you out the hood and take you out of things and not devices and do things for your family and set up financial freedom because 
for a footballer, he's what, 25? We look at it as a 15-year period. This is for life, you know. The money he might be able to make can set up his family, can start businesses, can better people's life, can help people that might need help in his reality that ain't got the gift of being good at football or didn't get to do very well at school and things like that, you know. Anyone that comes from a third-world country or descendants of a third-world country, South America, Caribbean, wherever, you understand this. You can say it's just about money. He's being real with it, isn't it, you know. this is It could have changed his life. You can't begrudge him. He's been honest. He's tried to be professional. And this is what you don't always see how clubs carry on. Clearly, they want to keep the man, but he wants to leave, let him go. You know, he said it. he kept it true. He said it would change my family's life. He said, I want to leave. I want to seek new experiences, but I want to do this in a fair, correct manner. I will forever be grateful to West Brom, to its fans and to every single professional that works at the club and that welcomed me with open arms. To those who cheered for me these last two seasons, you're part of my history. So let the man go, man. Just let the man go. Really? That's an amazing... You know, I, I'm really liking it. You know, this is footballers should be allowed to be more open like this. And and I want to speak about Tyrone Mings as well, man, because it broke my heart to really hear this. And, you know, let me just read it, apparently. It's nice to hear people open up about about mental health and things even though people when it's footballers they like to squash it down you've got idiots like Piers Morgan criticising professional athletes for com commenting on their mental health when about two months ago he was the me biggest mental health activist there is where we all know Piers Morgan is just a self-fulfilling vacuum he's dedicated to just engagement levels he's a twat but Tyrone Mings who has my respect because he's always speaking about things like he stuck it on Miss Patel for talking nonsense about immigration but he says his mental health plummeted in the build-up to Euro 2020 because he felt people were doubting his place in the side and I'm not gonna lie I was one of them I don't think you're a terrible defender but I I, I still think you know if we're here as a nas England national team if Tyrone Mings is going into an international tournament we're, we're not in the best of states that's I genuinely believe that you know I've got admiration for you I like how you are off the field I don't think you're a bad centre-half you've done well for Villa to be fair when you were thrown in in the Euros you took your opportunities in the group stage and it's good to you that in the build-up you were struggling and you and you went and done it so I and I still maintain that I'm allowed an opinion, but it, it is nice to hear how these lot think because it isn't nice to hear that, you know, he had doubts about himself really. Where you should be enjoying the tournament as much as there's a lot of pressure. It's a game of football. We all dreamed of playing in things like that, but he says his mental health plummeted in the build up to Euro 2020 because he felt people were doubting his place in the side. And I'm sure you know one thing about Tyrone, he's got resilience you know he's, he's not had an easy path to being in the Premier League let alone a professional footballer you know he's had to you know come up from semi-pro do things the hard way been released by academy still dealing with doubters so I clearly this weren't an easy thing to do he takes things in his stride but we all have a breaking point and I think footballers people would have more admiration for footballers if they were allowed an avenue to speak about things things like this like what we just said about Pereira now you know you're hearing that with relation to Luke Shaw and, Mar and, and Marcus Rashford them and there came played in the Euros with injuries you know Rashford is delayed surgery on his shoulder is now going to miss the start of the season in the World Cup year you heard that you know Shaw was playing with a broken rib obviously other people are going through things mentally you know Mings weren't really there and we all know the rest of things that we're having to deal with he's apparently he spoke to a psychologist and I think that's good man I like the way Lingard has spoken about it as well because you it's not a sign of weakness talking man we shouldn't as men we shouldn't suffer in silence and I know men's one thing but if we was to further scrutinize that black men is another thing even more like if you was to bring up the mental health statistics you know 
I'm pretty sure in relation to talking to, to psychologists or attitudes towards this sort of stuff, there'll be a lot more stigmas in relation to my community, the black Caribbean slash African community, than there will with our white counterparts. I'm not saying that they won't. I'm just saying we're even more. Men, we don't like to talk even more. And we're even more because, I, you know, when you grow up in, I'd assume the same for African households, but I can't speak Caribbean households and things like that, you know. It's not that you're not discouraged to speak about things. It's like you're seen as a madman. Like, you you, you know, you're a madman. If there's something wrong with you, you're a madman. There's something wrong. What's going on in the yard? All of these things. And I think people as well, there's a downplay. I'm going a bit too deep now, but there's a downplayment towards it as well in that, you know. I remember, you know, obviously... You know, I'm sure you've all heard language like, what are you upset about? What are you vexed about? There's roof over your head. There's clothes on your back. There's food in your belly. And on one hand, them things there aren't wrong, but there's things that are deeper to it. And I just feel, especially for men, you're seeing that, you know, showing emotion is weakness. Speaking is weakness. You just have to hold it up. And some of us got some toxic defensive mechanisms like myself. I just say to myself, if I feel some sort of way, it is what it is. Hold it up. You know, fuck all of that. That's These are the things I say to myself and these are not necessarily the right things. This is why I, I think it's too late for me, but to people that might be younger than me or people that are older than me and there might even be a help for you, if you can talk, go out there and chat, man. Like, it don't mean, talk to the right people, in it, Because the people have to be good listeners. They have to be skilled and all of these things. Don't just talk for the sake of it. Talk to someone you also feel more comfortable with. It might sound like I'm bugging out, but talk to yourself. You'd be surprised how much a conversation with yourself will help you, you know. Just saying, I feel sad today, you know. And I do think there's a lot, as males, before it gets to depression and all of that, I think people need emotional intelligence. Man need to recognise when I'm sad. Okay, I'm sad now. I might not be sad an hour before. Okay, I've been sad for a week. Is it just sadness or is there something deeper? But moving away, people, he said, when 90, 90% of your country are having doubts over you, it's very difficult to stop this intruding on your own thoughts. I did have a tough time in the lead up to the opening game against Croatia. I think I'm a lot more hardened to outside influences now, but my mental health did plummet. And I have no shame in admitting that because there's so many unknowns about me going into that game. I was probably the only name on the team sheet that people thought not sure about him and that's something I had to overcome and you had good games when you was called upon and you know you helped us get clean sheets and things like that so that's why I said big up to you in the group stage you did your thing against Scott was it Scotland? I'm sure Scotland and Croatia. Um, he said so I did a lot of work with my psychologist I was given a lot of coping mechanisms whether it was breathing meditation or just learning how to bring yourself into the present moment to stop letting your subconscious take over it was hard I didn't really sleep well before the first game and this is sad man and you had a blinder man this is why God's watching over you man keep doing your t I still have my doubts over you for England but I admire that man you've overcome yourself you see how people can try to defeat you but if you defeat yourself, it's all over. He didn't allow himself to defeat himself because if he allowed that to succumb himself, he might have proved all the fans right and say, look, see, told you Tyrone Ming's not good enough. Or he might have said, you know what, I don't want to play. And, and, and robbed himself of the opportunity of representing his country at the highest level. And like I said, football was even, wasn't even a thing at one point in this guy's life. He had to contemplate packing it up, you know. He almost robbed his family members and people that do believe in him and himself, you know, of that moment. This is why, you know... You can't allow yourself to sack yourself out of things. And, you know, people are going to talk anyways. You know, I'm going to talk anyways. You're going to talk anyways. It is what it is. So I, I have a lot of admiration for Tyrell Mins for speaking. You know, it takes a lot. It really does take a lot to come out there and, and speak and things like that. It's not an easy feat at all. And it, it, it deserves a lot of props. 100% a lot of props, people. Um, 
for what for what it's worth as well uh, as well people not to read too much into it i'm tired of speaking about var apparently joe hart is close to joining celtic but for i was meant to say var won't penalize trivial things in the premier league allegedly so like toenails offside hair offside these are not going to be things people so we'll have to we'll have to see people we'll have to see but i'm tired of speaking about var i'm tired of hearing how they how they polarize things and all the rest of it people um tottenham will face La Lane in their U in their euro tie um, as well, um, for what is for what it's worth, apparently Man United's goalkeeper Dean Henderson is out of Manchester United's training camp because of COVID nineteen. Um, he tested positive three weeks ago, and apparently he is suffering from prolonged fatigue associated with the virus. Um, which is quite sad. It's quite sad, really and truly. He's had a tough, tough, real, real break, really. And you know, I'm keen to see what happens with the goalie situation at Manchester United, but that won't be solved. Um, rounding this up with some transfer news. Allegedly, people, Man United, uh, Manchester City, apologies, are 40 million short of the 160 asking price for Harry Kane. Um, apparently, Newcastle have inquired about Juventus' 30-year-old Welsh midfielder Aaron Ramsey. Aston Villa have made a second bid for Ward Prowse after their initial 25 million was rejected. Apparently, Leicester, Leeds, and Everton are competing for the signature of Marcus Asensio. That'd be a good signing. Kieran Trippier's potential move to Manchester United. Oh, well, Atletico are preparing for his um, Trippier's potential move to United by eyeing up a move for, for Florenzi. Um, Chelsea are hoping to make an offer for Seville defender Jules Conde, but the Blues will need to sell an existing centre-back before any a deal for the Frenchman can be concluded. So Zuma could leave, Manglasar could leave or go out on loan. Rudiger's contract, is he going to sign a new one? Is he not? Um, we'll have to see. Newcastle are looking at 21-year-old French midfielder slash defender Boubacar Camara from Marseille. Um, Jose Mourinho is keen to sign Borussia Dortmund's Denmark midfielder Thomas Delaney after failing to sign Granit Xhaka. Apparently Tottenham are to hold preliminary talks with Wolves about signing Connor Cody um, with Nuno Espirito Santo keen to be reunited with the 28-year-old people. Arsenal and Everton are looking at Matthew Hope, the American 20-year-old playing for Schalke. I don't know if that's true. But it is what it is, people. I mean, that's it. Like I said, it's a slow news day, but I do appreciate the things we've spoken about. We've spoken about the two big money impending transfers of Jack Grealish and Harry Kane. We spoke on Pereira. We spoke, we spoke on... We didn't spoke, but we spoke on Tyrone Mings. And yeah, somehow it's been 45 minutes, people, you know. So again, as I said, most importantly, I hope you've all got good health. Wishing you continued good health. Hope you're moving closer to your dreams, hopes, goals and aspirations. Hope you've enjoyed the, you know, 45 minutes or so from myself. Most importantly, please stay safe, people. It's been a fantastic podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. You're following me across Spotify, um, you know, Apple Music and the rest. You make sure you're following me on Twitch, Deluded Guna. Um, yeah, man, Instagram, Deluded guna04 make sure you're, you're hitting that one there up as well and yeah man i'll see you lot again as you lot know it's tuesdays and fridays so i'll be back again on friday but on that note people deluded i'm out thank you for listening dg